Amazon.com. In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Have you been involved in any type of renovation project lately? Welcome to GirlfriendIt. We're Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan of GirlfriendIt.com, a great place to connect and girlfriendify your life. And we have been so excited about this show because we have two fantastic guests who are going to be joining us, and these two guests are never at a loss for words, and you will discover that as we kind of go through the show. First of all, we're going to have Dave Pratt with us later on, and he is a Radio Hall of Famer, and then we're privileged to have Carrie Pomeroli, who is a comedian on the national level. So it's going to be a great show, so stay with us. But back to the question that you just asked, Patty, about talking about renovating and, you know, when you, when you think of renovating, that comes in all sorts of packages. And sometimes we are forced to renovate. It's forced on us. And sometimes we choose to renovate things. In our, like, like, for instance, we might renovate a piece of furniture or um, we renovate our homes or sometimes we just need to renovate our lives. And um, I know that both of us have had some renovations taking place in our own lives and, and coming up. And right now, as we speak, I have a daughter-in-law who just called me and said I, she's on her way to the hospital to deliver her second baby. So this here, is kind of, you, here you are on the, on radio. the radio. I know. <laughs> but you know how that always takes time? <laughs> and, um, You're hoping it does. Yeah. Well, they got to induce. So hopefully it'll take a few months. But right, as soon as we're done here, I am out of here. And, uh, gonna, and we're going to have a major renovation. It's one of those things that's kind of surreal because you go, okay, we've had one grandson. And, and by the way, I'm really old, young. Really old. <laughs> You're really old. Uh, yeah. that. No, I'm really young. Maybe you need be some young. renovation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we have radio and our faces aren't showing up. <laughs> well, that's going to be a huge renovation for them. It's one thing having one kid, but once you have two kids, um, I know even on our uh, last week, one of the gals who called in said, you get to the point where it's okay if you don't have dinner. It's okay if you don't cook. It's okay. It's okay that we're not eating. You and can like lower the expectations a little bit as, as the kids come along on a second kid. <laughs> Well, I know the renovation that I just experienced, I just went um, to my father-in-law's funeral, and that is a major time when you, whenever you go to a funeral where you just look at the legacy that someone's left behind, and it mm -hmm. makes you really reevaluate your own legacy and where you need to renovate. In your own life, yeah, take inventory. And, and uh, I know he was just such an incredible man, and it was, you know, a funeral with standing room only, and the stories that were shared were just phenomenal how he always, you know, gave of himself. And it, it it's a sad time because it's, you know, even though you're celebrating his life. It's an life, end of a chapter. It is definitely an end of a chapter. And yet it's a time that 
um, it almost makes you really want to be intentional with your days to mm-hmm. go, okay, I, what is, what is a legacy? Is a, a legacy what you do in this lifetime or is it what you leave behind? I think it's a little bit of both, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's interesting because I find myself so many times when you are going to a service like that, if you know, you go, okay, what would be said about me? What am I, what am I leaving behind? It what depends am I on if for? I'm up there talking. Exactly. It, it does all depend on the person up there. <laughs> I might have to put as a stipulation, do not give Patty the mic. <laughs> well, it was phenomenal. They had the burial, and I haven't been to very many military funerals. I'm always so impressed with that. Because your father-in-law was a veteran. He was a veteran, and they had the whole 21-gun salute. They played the taps. This the, the folding of the flag and honoring the family with the flag, it's it's so over and beyond. I don't think there was a dry eye there. And you just, you feel so proud to be an American as you're standing there and you're witnessing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and speaking of being proud to be an American, we just saw on the news this morning where um, they had channel, I don't know, channel 13 in Northern California. Um, this is kind of a top news story that yeah. you get on there and you hear about it. It's kind of flashing right now. It was um, from Live Oak High School in Sacramento how I, I believe it was the CBS Channel 13 channel, um, because yesterday was Cinco de Mayo. There were five boys that went to high school, and they some of them had on an American T-shirt, some of them American tennis shoes, one of them had an American bandana. And I guess because it would be so controversial with it being Cinco de Mayo, they asked them to, to remove the red, white, and blue. I mean, talk about... That's crazy. Controversy. It's crazy. <laughs> we thought Arizona was bad. That that's <laughs> that is that's just really insane that you would have to remove that because no, we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Um, why that would be separate, being an American and celebrating Cinco de Mayo. Exactly. Well, and you know what? We are so known right now in the news. It's amazing when you turn on the TV. You can't at the ticker tape thing going across the bottom. It's all about Arizona right now and the immigration. And even as you're talking to people, everybody has an opinion about it. Um, or they don't have an opinion. You talk to a lot of people go, I don't really know how I feel. It's such a controversial, hot issue. And, um, and yet it's, that's kind of what's defining how Arizona is known right now. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's kind of, kind of weird. Yeah. You know, when you we were just in California this past weekend and I was standing in the lobby of the hotel and talking and, and when people ask you where you're from immediately, that's what, Oh, we hear what's going on there with all that. You know, it's just, it immediately is what you're known for right now. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, it's kind of weird with Do you that. You just look back and go, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? Huh? I, I don't know. And especially with the Phoenix Suns last night, you know, it just, you get to the point where when you're watching sports, I mean, in, in my opinion, I want to just be able to sit down and watch a basketball game. I don't want to bring all the politics into it. But um, I guess someone who's highly political would go, you know, grow up. You need to, it needs to be everywhere. But I feel pretty strongly about that, that um, sports is sports. I don't think you should, you know, take, take a side. Speaking of sports, I did that Mad Mud run on Saturday. Oh. Yes, you did. And I want to hear all about it because well, I, I wish I could have been there oh, to whatever, watch it. Whatever. I do. I was in California, though. <laughs> we had so much fun. You basically, you get teams together, and we had a team of five. And you have to go through this four-mile run, and then you do all these little fun obstacles, going over hay, going through tunnels, going over walls, and you can help each other I, out. I heard a story about you with the bells of hay. You thought <laughs> you thought there was a, a bunch of hay bells that were part of the obstacle course, and, and they really weren't. And 
I think you were disruptive, you and your team. <laughs> well, well, me being a little bit competitive, just a little bit. <laughs> yes. When I saw the bells of hay, I thought, okay, let's figure out how we're going to get over these. Let's do it now so you don't have to do it on the race. And I also thought it would be a good, you know, photo opportunity. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> so our team of five managed to get on top of this huge pile, like it, taller than your house. I mean, it was this like very, very high pile of And it was a there. challenge <laughs> to go. <laughs> and um, sure enough, here comes a farmer on his tractor coming up. And I was joking around. I go, oh, no, it's, it's the hay police. Here comes the hay police. We're busted. <laughs> And we were. He told us to. That was not a part of the obstacle. We needed to get down off the hay, and we really messed up those perfect squares. And how squares. old are you guys, really? <laughs> I felt horrible. You know, afterwards, when you're thinking back, you're going, "Okay, I am 12. I really am. I had to like get over that obstacle, and it wasn't even a part of the course." Still troublemaker. So. <laughs> the hay police informed me, so I, I did apologize. Well, you know, and you have pictures, so you're going to be, I hope, posting on on the site, the girlfriend at site. Well, I'm because... not posting those. The one on top of the <laughs> no, I went to. <laughs> We'll have somebody else post those. Hopefully they've got a picture of that. Do not trespass hay pile. <laughs> well, you know what? And that is that those mad runs are really becoming popular. People are really getting it. Because what's so cool about it is it unites people as a team. And you were saying that people dress up in costumes. Oh, yeah. And you're you're running for a cause. I know one of the guys we talked to, he wanted to do it for a team building. So it's great even for businesses, you know, organizations to get your whole entire, you know, team of, of workers and go you know, be competitive together. Well, it was, it was actually a funny story because this particular guy, he told his team that he wanted them to go buy the costumes and they mm-hmm. wanted to run in this mad mud run. Well, they went and bought fairy costumes. Oh, they did not. <laughs> and, so, and so he had to wear that with little white wings and little white tutu. So yeah, he wasn't exactly. And he was running in the mud in that. Oh yeah. They just like go through the mud, crawl through the mud. So it was hysterical. They should have won because they actually had a really good costume. But I mean, costumes were amazing. Like uh, Alice really in go Wonderland. And they would get in the mud in these beautiful costumes. So that's, that's what made it It just funny. shows you people really do want to combine fun with a purpose and talk about renovating. It's like, you know, we need to renovate, like you said, teams and even companies. And there's a lot of renovation going on right now and just in our world and in our country with, with the economy. And just I think we're having to evaluate and look at our own lives and go, where are some, some renovation things we need to do? Just because of the economic times, you know, oh. within families and within communities. And, and really, it's about rallying together. You know, through these times. Well, that's why I'm so excited that we're going to be talking to Dave Pratt because talk about someone who has renovated their life in um, so many different areas. And I know you and I, we are both natives here to Arizona, Mm -hmm. which is is pretty rare. We're a rare breed. We are a rare breed. For more reasons than that. (laughs) And so we've been around the 30 years that Dave Pratt's been around. But, you know, there's a lot to be said for those who, who do stay in one place. We live in a very transient society and our culture just either through jobs or um life situations yeah life situations where Mm -hmm. you just think i'm gonna run i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stay here yeah and it's cool to have uh, people that that are have been around for a while that you can go back to that that you know when and they know you when and even like a personality like dave pratt it's like you feel like you know him because you've heard his voice and he's talked about things and he's shared his life and it is there's something like comforting to have that stability, that familiarity. Yes. You know, and so it's like just reinventing yourself and re, um, re, I can't even, oh, that word, I, renovating. Re, thank you. I, why do I always have a hard <laughs> you time can with reinvent, that word? Yes. Reinvent, <laughs> re engage, renovate. 
Uh, yeah, you know, that's like, I know we only have 30 seconds left, but that's so funny because even Wallace and Ladmo is huge in Arizona. And I remember when I went to college and people from all over the states came and I would talk about Wallace and Ladmo and they had they were, no uh, idea what they I was talking about. They were the number one um, afternoon show and even in the morning for kids. You would come home and watch Wallace and Ladmo or turn it on before you watch. But it was cool because they, they continued to reno- renovate themselves and yes. we grew up with them. So yes. there's something to be said for renovation. And hopefully we're going to kind of think about that and maybe in a walk away today knowing what can I renovate in my own life. But we are so excited to talk to Dave. Um, he is the unofficial mayor. And uh, we're going to kind of dive into more of that. And we'll, have, we'll have to see what he can do for us if he's the unofficial and mayor. And we know that he is a man of many words and many opinions. And I can't wait to uh, find out. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Critical thinking in the real world. What does it take to get ahead and stay ahead of the curve in this ever-changing world around us? Critical thinking in the real world with Janet Hens. Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central on Togginet. Starting November 4th, Janet Hens is a college instructor, speaker, writer, wife, and mother of three young children. She also has her Master's of Arts in writing from Johns Hopkins University. Janet began her career working for a congressman on Capitol Hill, then moved over to lobbying when he retired. It was through these jobs that she learned about the power of grassroots initiatives, media relations, and public speaking. And then she honed these skills when she became a college instructor. Today, she artfully balances work with full-time motherhood. In the show, Critical Thinking in the Real World, Janet will discuss hot topics and the critical thinking necessary to assess them. Her passion for education impacts her daily life, and she'll share that in every show. Critical Thinking in the Real World with Janet Hens, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Central, starting November 4th on toginet.com. Get ready to get busy with Getting It Done. Getting It Done with Jill Staraszewski, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. We'll be bringing you moms and dads who are getting it done. Parents who have a lot on their plate but still manage to go that extra mile to accomplish things that they have long dreamed of. Well, how do they do that? Well, that's what this is for. The goal is to educate, motivate, encourage, and support the multitasker in all of us. Whether it's that book that you've been meaning to write, that business that you've been hoping to start, that dish that you've been striving to master, getting it done is here to help make it happen. Motivating you to get started, encouraging you to keep going, providing tips and advice on how to keep the kids happy, healthy, and safe while getting it done and done well. Learn from fellow moms and dads who are getting it done and learn about yourself along the way. It's Jill Staraszewski and Safety Mom Media bringing out the stars in all of us. It's Getting It Done with Jill Staraszewski, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Dave Pratt in the morning on KUPD ran for two decades and became America's longest running rock and roll morning show. 
Now, over three decades, the Morning Mayor has been honored with more than 100 awards and topped ratings in three different formats, including country. One of my favorites. (laughs) (laughs) So, Dave Pratt, we know where to find you, but tell our listeners where you are these days. Well, first off, ladies, I have to say that $50 goes a long way in this economy. That was a great introduction. So, and, and, and I also have to tell you that this morning, my wife asked me to breakfast, and uh, I turned her down because I, I had a previous appointment with two girlfriends. So she's a uh, she's a little curious about that. I just have to tell you. And you know what? Our husbands are really okay with us being girlfriends for different guys. So this we're, we're it's secure and safe. <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Well, we have been so excited to have you join us, and we have so many of our our friends and listeners are really excited to hear what you have to say. So we just want to have you catch people up with what you are doing these days. Well, my golf game's improving. (laughs) (laughs) Believe it or not, I've been off the air now for, uh, what, 16 months. So this is a very unusual time in my life. I was on the air for 30 years straight, and after three decades of waking up early and doing what we do, uh, it's a little different, so it's taken me a while to uh, take the headphones off and relax a little bit. But I'm chomping at the bit to get back on, girls. I can't wait. Uh, I'm still under contract with CBS, so I feel like a bum. I mean, I, I'm sitting here, I'm I'm getting paid still, and I'm a full employee. I'm just not on the air. But at the same time, I'm not allowed to go on the air anywhere else with a full-time show. So I just have to write out the CBS deal, which will probably be you know, towards the end of the year, and then I'll get back on the air and start causing trouble again. Oh, well, you know, and we love that. And you have a lot of people waiting for you to get on there and stir the pot a little bit. But, you know, those forced vacations are, are tough, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're really tough. I'll tell you, though, this is the first time my family's had me home this much. They're like, we love you, but go find something to do. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I... I miss it, and I miss my listeners as well. Yeah, my husband was on a forced vacation for um, 15 months, and we so enjoyed it, though. It was just so nice to kind of regroup and have that. But, but in the, on the but other hand, different. yeah, there is a little bit of that angst and that anxiety. So we're going to have to ask you the tough questions then. Um, okay. You left KUPD, and then where exactly did you go? Yeah, I left uh, KUPD after 20 years, 20 great years that I truly enjoyed. Uh, But the ownership at KUPD changed, and in my opinion, that changed the radio station and the whole vibe that we had created there. KUPD for years was a locally owned station. For a while, (laughs) we uh, we actually did our broadcast out of a trailer in Guadalupe. Did you really? We became um, America's uh, number one rock station. We, we won the rock station of the year for the entire country out of a trailer, out of a, a trailer. double wide, beat up double wide trailer in the <laughs> middle of a dirt lot in Guadalupe. And you know what? We loved it. It was so much fun. And that kind of carried the, uh, the whole character and the persona of, of what KUPD was for years. Then the ownership changed and it became corporate like most of the other big market yeah. stations and yeah. kind of homogenized and, vanilla, and I just lost my interest. So after 20 great years, um, I left there, and I joined CBS. Uh, 
because, I mean, if I was going to work for a big corporation, I might as well work for one of the biggest, right? Exactly. <laughs> so I joined CBS. Um, KZON in town was a uh, kind of an alternative rock station. Alternative might be a little strong. It was more of a mainstream rock station, in my opinion. But Howard Stern was doing mornings. Uh, I took the afternoon shift as the local anchor. And uh, here's a little trivia for you. Even more so than KUPD, that short time that um, Stern and I were both on KZON, that's the highest rated rock station in the history of Arizona. Wow. And wow. Uh, and, and we had a great time. But um, mornings, I'm a family guy, and I'm a dad of four. And mornings just works out really well for family life. So in the afternoons, I can be a dad and be with my kids and coach Little League and help with homework and go swimming and mm-hmm. all the things that families love to do. So I really wanted to get back to morning radio. And CBS uh, had an opening at Camel Country. So I took it, and it freaked everybody out. It really, <laughs> really did, because that was quite the shift. <laughs> you know, it was a bigger surprise for the general public uh, than it was for me. It wasn't turbulent for me at all because I had grown up in a small town, small little country town, a ranching community up in northeast Nevada, and country was the music in that area. So I grew up on country. So for me, the music and the lifestyle wasn't really that big of a change. But for the general public that pretty much knew me as a rebellious rock and roller, sure, that was a tough one to swallow. But we turned it around quick, and within three months, we had the uh, the number one uh, country show in the city, and and I loved my time there. I would have stayed on that station forever if the economy hadn't hit, and CBS is just that, had to is make that some. What happened, Dave? Because Lisa's country, and I'm rock and roll, so I kind of lost you after you went over there. <laughs> I was one well, of those loyal cool because of, fans. I have both of you then, a little bit of yeah, country, a little bit rock. Got us both. <laughs> We can sing some Donnie Marie here if you want. I was going to say, we can do the Donnie Marie, a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll. Okay, now we really are aging ourselves. So, so what exactly happened with the economy? What took place that, that you left? Well, as you know, the media industry is really no different than any other industry in this crazy economy. And CBS had to make some big financial cuts with some of their biggest players across the nation, some some big name personalities and in their top 15 to 20 markets. So the easiest way to cut the payroll, you know, instead of cutting numerous employees um, to try to make up a large sum, uh, the easiest way is to cut fewer employees that make up the same sum. So a lot of us took it. You're talking everybody's language right now. I mean, right now with this economy, you're very relatable. Yeah. (laughs) What's going on? I'm I'm no different, man. I I just got a call and they said, Dave, we love you. Um, You know, you've you've had a a great show. Our revenue at the time was number one in the whole city. And and in radio, our business, everybody talks about ratings. And yeah, sure, that's important. And that's kind of cosmetic, though. That's what everybody kind of looks at. Um, But revenue, uh, just like Mm -hmm. any other business, is the most important thing. It's how much money you make, and that's what it comes down to any business. Our revenue was number one, so it was a crazy time to be taken off the air. But CBS basically on a national level said, hey, if you're making an extra zero on your paycheck, you're gone. So it was faceless, and they were very courteous about it. Um, But at the same time, they just chopped me. And the question that everybody asks is, well, if they have to pay you anyway for a couple of years, why would they take you off the air and, and, and pay you and not use you? 
Well, it's it's all number crunching, and they shifted pay from Phoenix to New York, and it's just creative bookkeeping. But um, yeah. a number of us all got chopped on the same day, and it surprised me as much as anybody else. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what, and and Dave, it, there's so many emotions. There's so many of us out here that you know have had that you know conversation where we love you so much. It's nothing personal, but you know what, we just we got to do this, whatever. And you know what, it's hard not to. Um, when somebody hears that, not to take that so personally, and then the emotions, like you said, because so many times that is part of your identity, and then all of a sudden you go from doing something you love and you're so engaged with to having a forced vacation. How did you handle those emotions? Or maybe you're still there in that transition. I know you said you're waiting for, you can't wait to get back on the air and to do some things. But in that, you know, that moment of, um, kind of rejection that so many people are experiencing. Um, how are you handling that? And well, how I've are you renovating your really, life through that? I've always tried to stay really positive in life. And even on the day I was released, I tried to look at the positive side. What's really important here? Well, my family's healthy. <laughs> They're yeah. happy. I'm blessed. I still have my loyal followers. And I'll be able to get back on the air soon. And at the same time, I have a safety net of a two-year guaranteed contract Mm -hmm. so I can take care of my family. And I looked around at so many of my friends struggling and going through a tough economy and and not having the same blessing that that I had with a guaranteed contract. And I just realized how lucky I was. And I just tried to look on the positive side. And my wife... You know, I, I don't want to get too mushy on you, but I don't. I honestly don't know if a husband's ever loved his wife as much as I love mine. She's a saint, Aww. and uh, she's just so supportive. And she said, "Honey, you know, we're going to be off the air for a couple of years. Let's try to continue to make a positive impact on our community." So I've used my time to do appearances and be involved in charities that I truly believe in, and stay in touch with my listeners and find other ways to communicate with my audience and. I've been writing a daily column for the Arizona Republic and AZ Central and just trying to get around town a lot and, and use my time wisely. I love that. And you know what? You're, even your marriage, that just speaks volumes to be able to go through some of those tough times and instead of separating and being irritated at each other during these times, because sometimes we have a tendency to point the finger and say, it's, you know, your fault that we're in this situation, to be able yeah. to have... Th- that love just even go deeper is speaks volumes. Well, and it's oh, the fact that you have experienced longevity. Just you've stayed in one place. You've worked through and you've renovated, and um, and then even in your personal life with your marriage and and just being a family man with kids. I think that is that speaks so so much about you and who you are. And that's really what you know. Going back to basics, and that's that's the things that really matter in life. All the other stuff, well, it's fun and it's great, but it's like. At the heart of it all. Well, we I'm lucky really to have such there, a strong. <laughs> I'm, I'm lucky to have such a strong family as a base, and that was really my first concern because uh, w- when you live in a public fishbowl, uh, sometimes kids get information that isn't necessarily accurate before you have a chance to really communicate with them. So the day I was released kind of caught me by surprise. By the time I got home. The news talk radio stations in town were already covering the story. I got home. There were two television trucks in my driveway. 
And I thought, what are my kids going to hear before I pick them up from school? Are they going to hear dad was fired or we're in trouble or dad did something wrong? So that was my we, first concern. So I we called the school and went and picked Dave. up the kids. And I thought, how am I going to make a statement to them that everything's okay? So the day I was released, we booked a trip to Disneyland. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Dave, we have the music going into commercial. So hold that thought because we want to hear the rest of the story. So stay with us as we listen to this Dave Pratt. On Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. Are you going through a crisis? Do you have a tough question you want an answer to? This is your show. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 central on Toginet.com. Brilliant Essence speaks to the empowerment of women to find their highest power. Your host, Astrid Stromberg, channels answers to the toughest questions women ask of themselves. Issues ranging from divorce to gifted children to am I safe to fly to where's my soulmate, your life's mission, your lucky streak, and your highest self all come to life with Brilliant Essence. Astrid specializes in spirit communication and spirit life empowerment. She is the founder of Brilliant Essence and contributor to the book Living Our Soul Map, Unleashing the Warrior Goddess Within. For more information on Astrid and Brilliant Essence, go to BrilliantEssence.com. Giving you the power to be. It's Brilliant Essence with Astrid Stromberg. Monday afternoons at 6, 5 Central, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Get a jump on what your preschool kids need to know with Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten from Stacy Cannonberg. A mom told me this is the book I've been looking for. This book gives me all the information I need about what my kids need to know. And a private school admissions director said this is exactly what we test on. Google it, get it, and get ahead. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten. Applauded and approved by parents and educators. Let's Get Ready for Kindergarten is a state-approved teaching tool. On sale now, in stores, or online at cedarvalleypublishing.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back with the morning mayor and Radio Hall of Famer, Dave Pratt. And we're just having such a great conversation. And when we were leaving... Um, the last segment, Dave, you were talking about just the emotions of, of your kids and finding out when you had been let go and um, before you could even share with your family that you had, you know, news uh, trucks outside of your door. And um, I just remember reading something or hearing the other day about um, Jenna Bush, the Bush's um, daughter, and she just said, you know, the thing to remember is when we, whenever we heard things about our dad, we just said, we know who our dad is. He's a loving, incredible man, and it's always remembering who your dad is. And I think even for us as individuals, we always need to know who we are. And it doesn't matter what all the other voices where people are saying, but you know down deep who you are, and you know your family, you know your love. So with that, can tell us, finish telling us some of the emotions and like with the family and uh, going through that, that significant time. Yeah, you know, my, my youngest is nine years old, and she owns me. Her name's Madison, and blonde hair, blue eyes, and the cutest smile with dimples you could ever imagine. Um, and I thought, how can I really communicate with a nine-year-old who is probably hearing from everybody that her dad was fired, or maybe somehow she thinks that if somebody loses a job, it means that 
um, they failed or they did something wrong. How can I communicate with her? Well, she's not going to understand contractual verbiage or CBS corporations or budget cuts of the economy. That's too much. So I thought, all right, it's the last day of school before the holiday break. It happened on December 18th. They were just getting out of school for the Christmas break. So I thought, let's try this. So I picked the kids up from school, and I said, hey, I have a surprise for you. They said, what's that? And I said, well, first let me tell you that I was released from my job today. I'm not going to be on the air anymore. And they kind of looked. And I said, the good news is we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> and <laughs> they kind of laughed. They said, <laughs> they said, really? And I said, yeah, we're going to Disneyland for two weeks. And they said, are you, are you in trouble? And I said, if I was in trouble, <laughs> would we be going to Disneyland? <laughs> and that they understood. They went, I guess you're right. I mean, if we were in trouble, if things were bad, we wouldn't be going to Disneyland. But I did that for a couple of reasons. Because in their world, it just kind of stabilized everything and told them that family's first and the time to spend together is happy time and not to worry about stuff. If they don't see me worrying, then they won't worry. But uh, I also did that just because I wanted to get them out of the city to where their dad was going to be on the front of the paper and in the news and on television. I, I just wanted them to get out of here for a while until everything stabilized. And I truly enjoyed that time with them. It was released for my wife and I, too. I'm really glad that we did it. That was really a smart way to handle that. Yeah, that was definitely, you know, we did the same thing. We went to Disneyland. So I wonder if Disneyland is making out with this economy. <laughs> 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 That's true. That well, my oldest son was kind of interesting because it really opened up an opportunity. And I think as parents, we look for opportunities to have meaningful discussions with our kids, especially as they get older. Well, my oldest son is 16, and just being the bragging and doting dad, I'll tell you, he's a sharp boy. And it gave me a chance to kind of go over my contract with him and explain how things work in the business world and what certain types of verbiage mean and contractual language. And I, I think it turned out to be a positive. And then over the past 16 months, I've taken them with me on appearances. And anytime um, we get a job offer, or we're lucky enough to have people talk to us. I include the family. Mm-hmm. Nothing happens without our entire consensus. <laughs> yeah. So we walk through everything together. So if somebody um, is ever crazy enough to want to hire me, well, they have to come over to the house, they have to meet the whole family, and they need to get everybody's approval. And that's just the way that we do things. I think that that just, once again, that just speaks volumes of, of the type of person that you are. And um, we need to be more family-oriented, you know, like that. And how smart to bring your, I have a 16-year-old as well, and to bring him into the the contract. Because those contracts are scary. I know Lisa and I, whenever we're faced with a contract, like you really don't even know. I mean, it takes 10,000 attorneys to even really break down every sentence, and you still don't really know what it reads. <laughs> you know, so this has been a very unusual time on many levels. Uh, believe it or not, this is the first time in my 30-year career that I've ever used an attorney. Hmm. I've, uh, I've um, managed my way through all of my contracts myself. I've navigated all the terminology and verbiage and monetary negotiations personally, um, but... You know, when you're up against a big corporation in New York, you have to have some representation just for credibility. Yeah. So this is the first time that I've ever used an attorney. 
But, you know, another thing I want to mention, too, is the day it was released, I was actually more concerned about my crew. I have a five-member mm-hmm. crew, and two of us are the lucky ones, and that would be myself and Mark Curtis, because Channel 12 is his main job. So we were good, but the other three, my two producers and my partner, I was more concerned about them because, unlike me, they didn't have a safety net. So I could understand, you know, releasing me and even Mark because we were the higher paid, to be quite honest with you, but I didn't see a reason in letting the others go. They were still very valuable to the company, and they're just great people. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they do that because they just want to start fresh with, you know, we don't want any bad blood going on here with, you know, uh, just the, the trickle of, of, you know, the legacy that you would be leaving behind because you see that often where they you just... You know, I think you're right. And uh, I knew they were going to bring in a discounted morning show at a lower price. That only made sense because the whole reason they made the change was money in the first place. But I think they wanted to give whatever morning show they brought in the courtesy of, of hiring their own people, um, which I give them credit for, but at the same time, I kind of fell for my crew. You know, I have, I'm switching gears on you, but I um, just with what's going on here in Arizona, and we talked a little bit about this morning what took place in Northern California with the five boys going to um, high school wearing their um, patriotic outfits. Uh, just tell us a little bit what you think about that, because you are you are the one who likes to throw his thoughts around. Um, kind of um, specify the question a little bit. What what do I think about the situation in general? How the school handled that? You know these kids, these boys wearing their shirts, and the school sending them home and on or telling them, yeah, telling them to take to turn their shirts inside out, or they need to go home. They couldn't wear an American flag on Cinco de Mayo Day? Yeah. Well, I I think there's more important things to focus on. Um, And patriotism on any level, I think, is a good thing um, to get the youth, you know, acclimated to the real world and to having pride in their country is a good thing. And deter from that, I think, would be a big mistake. Um, But... You know, with my kids, I'm lucky because they go to a school where they have a uniform code, and some people look at that as, you know, kind of a downer. But I look at it as a real positive because it takes away from social levels, monetary levels, to where all kids are equal on campus. It's not, well, especially with girls, it becomes a fashion show and who can wear what designer and uh Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Well, a uniform code kind of takes all that away. So once the kids get on campus, everybody's equal. I like that. And in that situation, that issue wouldn't have come about. Mm-hmm. But personally, I, I don't think that was a correct decision of the school. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think any kid deserves to have a pat on the back if they show their patriotism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Dave, we know that you have, have written a book, and um, when you were writing that, was that just, um, you know, it, it's always interesting when you write, because we, we do some writing, too, and it, it brings up emotions a lot of times when you really go down and dig deep, and you're, you're sharing your thoughts and, and things. So is, there, is there anything you want to say? I know you said that you keep in touch with your, your listeners and you're loyal to them, and I, 
you know, through Arizona Central each morning and, and, and Facebooking and even through the book. Can you tell us a little bit about what you, what you revealed in the book or what you discovered about yourself in the process of writing the book? You bet. And you're so sweet for bringing this up because this is something I'm truly proud of. It's a completely honest book. Um, the book wasn't made and wasn't exaggerated to sell. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's a, a truly honest book that started out as a journal to my kids. I mentioned the public fishbowl earlier in our conversation, but it's true. Um, when you're in the public light, you have some things printed about you that are true and some things that aren't true. Well, I wanted my kids to have the true story, whether it was good or bad. I wanted them to know mm-hmm. the truth someday in life. So uh, the New Times uh, newspaper had written a really negative article about me, and and it just wasn't true. So I started writing a journal to my kids, and that's how the book started. Uh, I wanted them to have the truth about Dad and how we lived our day-to-day life and my career. So, you know, if, if anything ever happened to me, they wouldn't hear rumors from other people and and wonder if they're true. They would have the true story for me. That's how the whole thing started. Anyways, I started to research this story and that story because I wanted it to be accurate for my kids. So many people that I would call would say, you know, Dave, you ought to do a book. This would make a good book. Well, after a while, I thought about it, and I had a challenge with cancer. I had prostate cancer. And my wife and I decided to go public with it because ladies are really great at communicating over breast cancer awareness. You guys, no, seriously, you guys rock. I can't, we, we, I mean, we're very verbal. <laughs> oh, this, the support, there's pink everywhere in these walks, and it's unbelievable. Yeah. And every time I'm asked to donate, I do. I've been downtown with my buddy Mark Curtis and Lin Tzu. I've been wearing my pink. I've been walking. And I thought, guys just are so far, you know, behind the curve in terms of, of public awareness for their own issues. And prostate cancer is something that no guy wants to talk about, even with other guys. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, well, you know what? If I get public with it and talk about the challenges and here's this, you know, bad rock and roll rebel from over the years who's not afraid to admit it, not afraid to get a physical, not afraid to be responsible to his family, not afraid to take care of himself on behalf of his kids, Maybe other guys will be encouraged to do the same. So we went public with it, and we decided to give all the proceeds of my book to the Cancer Society. So that's one of the reasons I decided to uh, get the book published. I love that. And, okay, give us the name of the book, and you can also find out um, where you can talk to Dave uh, through his um, website as well as on his book. And we have 15 seconds, Dave, so go ahead. Tell us the name of the book and where we can find it. The book is Dave Pratt, Behind the Mic, 30 Years in Radio. And just for your listeners, if they email me and get me their address, I'll send them a free copy. I bought a bunch of extras for my friends. Oh, you're on. thank you so much for being with us, Dave. This has been fantastic. You guys are great. Thank you. Okay. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, 
Girlfriended. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. Being frugal doesn't mean being cheap. And the Frugalitarian is here to show you how. Jody Olson is the Frugalitarian on Toginet, 3 p.m. Central, Wednesdays. This is the art of great living. It's just a matter of time before people start asking you to tell them your secrets to better style, bargains on food, home decor, and clothing. Your wants don't have to change, just how you acquire what you want. On the Frugalitarian, it's an uncommon mix of style, fashion savvy, and earth friendly, showing you great taste, great style, and great ideas for finding everything you want for nearly nothing. I'm speaking from experience. I live on a beautiful farm where I take care of sheep and do a few light farm chores for extremely low rent. For more clever ideas on how to waste not and totally want not, go to thefrugalitarian.com. Join us every week for more information on how you can live better for less with Jody Olson. It's The Frugalitarian, Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Celebrate Green is coming to Toginet, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th. The mother-daughter team of Lynn and Corey will have you going green and loving it at no time at all. As heard on Martha Stewart and Disney Radio and seen blogging for HGTV, Lynn Colwell and Corey Colwell-Lipsum are unapologetic evangelists for greening every aspect of life, especially holidays and celebrations. Based on their book, Celebrate Green, they're putting the meaning in the greening with their simple, fun, eco-friendly, affordable ideas. From their start with green Halloween to tips, tricks, ideas, and projects for every holiday, you'll love Celebrate Green. You can check them out online, too, at CelebrateGreen.net and GreenHalloween.org for more information, the newsletter, the blogs, places to shop, cool extras, and so much more. So get ready to Celebrate Green, the radio show with Lynn and Corey, Wednesdays at noon Central Time, starting November 4th on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are so excited to have Carrie Pomeroli with us today. Carrie, you literally travel the world with your clean comedy, and now your husband, Ron, is a part of the act. People have seen you in such famous places like on The Tonight Show, Comedy Central, Lifetime, Fox, or ABC. You've been busy. You have been very busy. And we met you several years ago um, at a conference where you were on center stage and you had us just rolling with laughter. Um, so we are so excited uh, to have you on the show, Carrie. I know we've, we've been girlfriends now for a few years and we love to talk about our girlfriends that are doing the remarkable, which you definitely fit that. And make it fun. You guys are so funny because I'm laughing when I hear this because what I'm doing right now is I just got done wiping cereal off my two-year-old's face, dropping her off at the YMCA, picking up her lunchbox because she refused to carry it. She's dressed like a homeless person because she will not wear what mommy wants her to wear. And uh, two seconds later, I'm on the radio talking about doing professional comedy, which seems like a mile away. <laughs> exactly. And you are doing the remarkable by doing that. And pretty soon you're going to be oh, changing your diaper. Oh, dear God. It's your God. <laughs> and it's very glamorous, isn't it? <laughs> you guys are funny. I want to come back and see you. I, um, I have other news. I've decided that one kid was just not enough. So we have another one on the way. Yay, so congratulations. I've got another baby coming in November because I'm trying to keep up with Angelina Jolie. 
So I'm not famous enough to just like go to another country and just like grab somebody and be like, I'm taking you home. So, um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have a baby in November and we're, we're hoping this one's going to be mellow. Okay. Are, do hoping. you know what you're having yet? Are you going to find out? I don't, I don't. And it's bad as a mom that you sort of like, I don't know if I should say it out loud that I do have a preference because I have a daughter and I'm thinking that if I have a son, he might actually love his mother because my daughter is not into me like at all. <laughs> She's totally into her father. She's two. So I told her, I'm like, I'm going to have a son and he's going to be nice to me and he's going to get all the gummy bears. I got I to gotta tell you that I have one of each and so does Patty has two daughters and a son. And there is something really special about a mother-son relationship. I, I mean, know it. It, it is I'm really, jealous. really cool. Well, my daughter will get into bed with my husband and I and go, Mommy, can you move? Can you please move? I need to be with Daddy. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I carried you in my womb, and this is what I get. <laughs> all, all 10 pounds of you. She was. I had a 10-and-a-half-pound kid, you guys. 10-and-a-half-pound. Oh, wow. Well, get you're a only 11 pounds yourself. So. You're so cute. I love you guys. But I think it should be a special Mother's Day if you have an over-10-pound baby. You should be like an extra present. <laughs> so. Absolutely. Okay, I so know. Carrie, you got to tell us, how did you break into the industry? Uh, this is, God, that is so funny. Well, I was one of those kids, and if there's moms out there listening, that, you know, if you have the child that's like twirling in the grocery store doing ballet, and, you know, I wanted to be Dorothy Hamill, so I told everyone that's my Patty. name was Dorothy. We're talking Patty right now. <laughs> right. You know, I had the haircut and everything, and so, like, that was kind of the, if you know if you have that kid, and if you have that kid, like Patty, you're on the radio, you're doing radio, you can't stop the train. So the only thing you can do is try to steer it in the right direction, which is what my parents did. They raised me with a good faith background and everything, and then they sent me off to Sodom and Gomorrah, Hollywood, and uh, (laughs) prayed a lot that I didn't join Scientology with Tom Cruise, Uh, even though my mother was like, I love him. But um, basically, it just sort of happened that I was doing comedy later in my 20s because being a type A or a type AAA, as my husband calls me, I couldn't sit around as an actress and wait for the phone to ring anymore. And then being a woman of faith and God being my first priority, when my agent would call me and ask me to do these movies with Charlie Sheen, you know, and try to be like, Jesus won't be mad at you, it's Charlie Sheen, you know. Uh, it got to be compromising, and stand-up comedy was just one of my ways to take control of my own destiny. And little did I know that God would turn this into a national or international ministry. You know, I just got back from Africa last summer and doing things that, I never dreamed I would do in my lifetime, but God has good plans for all of us. That is, that is so exciting to hear. And what's so interesting, Carrie, is that you married um, Ron, your husband, who is also into girls, comedy. Girls, I prayed to marry a banker. What happened? <laughs> I married a comedian with no insurance. That's what happened. It was painful. <laughs> and now our dental plan is two on the other side. Okay, I would love to be in your household just to no, watch you how you guys communicate. <laughs> yeah, the cops are there all the time. They're like, you guys <laughs> not honor the restraining orders that you have against each other? Uh, you okay, know, so it's your, loud. your daughter, what kind of personality is she taking she's on? I mean, diva. Like, she's, like, the problem is, is whenever she is at a church or sees a podium, or like her first word was microphone, so we can't be in an audience without her wanting to run up on stage and tell her, why did the chicken cross the road joke? <laughs> um, you know, and the problem is since she's been three months old, we've been training her to go on stage. 
So I feel that I'm raising that alpha dog child that's like everywhere we go. She goes, I do comedy, mama. I do comedy. I'm like, we're at church, baby. No, not today. But, um, yeah, you know, she's a, she's a trip and a half. Her name's Lucy. So if we, our next one, we're going to name Ethel or Ricky. We're not sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've, we've had fun and, uh, she's probably logged more airline miles than most adults. And it really does go to show you that, um, you know, becoming a mother is definitely a life changing experience. But I didn't listen to anything that anybody said because they're like, well, you know, it's over for you when you become a mom. You got to stop everything. It's just hole up, you know. And uh, basically, that wasn't the plan for us, so we've been traveling the world, my comedy husband and my comedy baby, and we've had a great, wonderful time. It's been incredible. I love that, because we're talking about renovating your life, and what type of legacy are you leaving behind? And Or leaving behind. Or leaving, yeah, or living, <laughs> yeah, right. and then leaving behind. Um, and and that, that is so true, Carrie, because so many times as moms, people will say that. It's like, oh, enjoy it right now because as soon as you have that baby, your life is put on hold. Like, and, you'll never see a movie. You'll never see a movie again. You know, I'm like, all right, you're yeah. right about that one. You are right. You, I haven't been to a movie theater in two years. but You just renovate uh, it. You just do it differently, though. You know, I really – I've seen changes even since I've seen you guys. I've really um, – you know, for me, my, my Hollywood career is pales in comparison to what I do. My faith is very important to me. And so I really turned over everything. I'm still working it out. But, like, the ministry and what we're doing uh, as, as ministers has developed in a huge capacity. I, I didn't feel worthy of it. I didn't think it was my calling. But when you just say yes to what, what, the, what God is offering you in this world, you see miracles. You know, I truly believe that. And even if you're not a person of you know, a faith, faith-based person. I just believe that you have to be open to taking a left turn. Like, you think, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to be an actress. I'm supposed to be in General Hospital. And God's like, no, I've got this thing over here for you. It's comedy, and watch how I'm going to use you. Because we've seen people get physically healed. We've seen people get emotional healing. Laughter is this amazing medicine that I get to get up every day and say, this is my job, you know. And it's, it's an amazing ride. It's crazy, but it's an amazing ride. Well, you know, we always say, because we love the laughter and the giggles, and, and you know, they, they say that if you laugh a lot, you extend your years. So Patty and I always say we will never die because our yes, lives, probably. seriously, when, when, and when, you know, serious things happen, sometimes you just have to laugh, and sometimes people don't get it, but we always say that laughter and silliness is very serious business, you know, <laughs> and, and it is so therapeutic like and it. so healing. And it and allows, like, pa- Patty is all about releasing toxins, and so she just takes oh, she's releasing job, a lot Patty, of toxins through her laughter. So it is, there's That's something funny. so significant about making people laugh and feel good, and it really does break down a lot of walls. And Don't also, just, it really breaks down, because what I do a lot is I, I, I give, you know, messages, or I talk about my life. And, and so they don't really even know it's coming because they're laughing. They're laughing for like 30 minutes. And then I end up talking about my mother's battles with cancer or just things that we've all gone through, especially a group of women. You know, you get a group of women and we've got every issue, you know, as my mother calls them, prayer requests. But, you know, everything in the book is in that room. And my job is to say what people aren't really saying. So I yes. think it's a gift that I can warm them and warm their hearts and open their hearts with laughter and then really get to the heart of the matter of, you know, what people might be dealing with in this world that we live in well and that's that's the thing especially right now with with this economy and things are just so tough it's you have to have that release you have to be able to just forget some of the things that you know are going on and just be able to to laugh you are correct 
You are yeah. correct. And that's my, I, I have the best job in the world. And, you know, it's funny because I, I think that a lot of people might strive to get to that place. And I still cry and I still go, you know, God, this is so hard. But I really wake up every day and I'm like, there's not another job that I'm looking at going, I wish I could do that. And um, that's a gift. It is a huge gift because you obviously love what you do and you get to impact people and touch their lives. And so, okay, so as a comedian, you are, you're t- constantly like pouring into people and making them feel good and making them laugh. What rejuvenates and renovates your soul and, and how do you keep it fresh? And even, you know, it's like when you go on stage, sometimes you're, you're on and you have to make people laugh. And yet sometimes inside, you know, you'd be going Dying. through something I'm significant. Like- how do you, oh, how yeah, do you especially, deal with that? Especially with my husband and I, because we're so loving towards each other, like right before a show. So 30 seconds before I'm like, would you shut up? Would you shut up? And then I'm like, hello, everybody. You know. So um, Ron and I try to have a, a rule like maybe an hour before a show. We don't talk about any big issues like in our marriage. But, um, you know, it's just one of those things that the adrenaline, I mean, I've been like sick to the dog and then I get on stage and it's just like this huge rush to see people laugh. And then, um, you know, I, I, it's so funny because when Ron and I are home, like we're total, we are foodies. We love to eat. We, we think chocolate makes all your problems go away. We really do. And I watch the Food Network. I don't cook, but I watch the Food Network incessantly. And Ron's <laughs> like, is any of this ever going to rub off on you? Well, isn't so that kind of like uh, cooking if you watch it? Right, exactly. It just makes me hungry. So, but we love, and like Ron and I are dorks. Like we, um, we like to go to different food festivals, like anything like the strawberry, or like anything revolving eating. It feeds our soul. So, uh, but we're we're just. I love being. It's like funny. I love being home on the weekends because it's very richer. But when I'm home, I'm like, oh, I wish I was working. So it's this double-edged sword. But. um you know, and it's funny, and I think kids are very therapeutic for you because they just don't care what TV shows you've been on. They just don't care about anything. They just, you know, they want mommy to play Dora the Explorer with them in the tent, and that's that's very therapeutic, to be honest. Oh, that that is so true, Carrie. And you know what? We, unfortunately, we're at the conclusion of our show, and it has been so fun just to talk to you, and we are going to have to well, like, meet up Well, I want to come see coffee. you guys. Come invite me when I'm not having a baby. We will. We will. Thank you so much. And you can find Bye, Carrie. Guys. Go to com and you can look her up. Thanks, Carrie. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself.